Welcome to Solar Tech Talk, where we come together to nerd out about solar technology and PV. My name is Aaron Bingham. I'm product manager with Baywa RE. And my name is Tierney Marsh. I'm a strategic account manager here at Baywa RE. Tierney, what's new? What, what's been happening? Things are moving so fast right now. I, I know we've got stuff to talk about. Absolutely. Um, and yes, things are moving so quickly. Uh, the thing that hit my desk this morning was the Energy Sage installer report. And there were a few takeaways that I kind of wanted to highlight here because they are so pertinent. One of the things that we need to remember, though, is that re this report is looking back at 2021. And so it's kind of almost a little comical to look at some of these these data points and be like, oh, the good old days. <laughs> One of the things that they really highlighted was the supply chain constraints that really hurt solar sales last year. So I think that we are really well positioned to see that. We were trying our best to insulate our customers from that, but you know we weren't always successful. The world shifts the way it shifts, right? So three out of five respondents said that their businesses were harmed by those disruptions, and it's specifically impacting their ability to get solar panels and batteries. So thinking, you know, jumping forward a little bit, I'm like, okay, well, now we have a good line on batteries, but gosh darn, those solar panels have just gotten that much harder to get a hold of. Yeah, supply has definitely continued to be an issue into 2022, and it's something that I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit more later on in the show. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The second point that they really highlighted was that installers are really struggling to get trained labor. And that's one of the biggest things that they're attributing to further growth in our industry. I know that this is true just based on conversations that I've had with, with installers that I'm working with. So this is definitely ringing true um, in my ears. And I think a lot of the people that we work with here at Baywa RE. So then the third point that they really stressed in the article is that there's a really huge opportunity to further expand our industry if we work with our organizations and the government to extend the ITC. The tax credit would have huge implication to allow people to hire more. Seven out of 10 installers were saying that this would be hugely impactful for their business. Yeah, having that stability in, in policy um, support of the industry, I think would make a huge difference in allowing businesses to plan and know what to expect when it comes to what the installation landscape is going to look like a year down the road, six months down the road. It's, it's pretty difficult as an industry to be planning for sustainable growth while at the same time seeing the policy landscape shifting under our feet. It's, it's I think, just a challenge that we're going to have to learn how to tackle as a maturing industry, but having a clear path on the ITC going forward would absolutely help businesses do a better job of, of planning for growth that, that would be a little bit more stable. Yep, I agree. It would be hugely impactful. So Aaron, what's on the top of your mind? What are you thinking about these days? My goodness. Uh, so module supply is definitely on the top of my mind. I think <laughs> for a lot of folks in the industry, it's on the top of their mind as well. I read a really interesting article this morning. Uh, it was by, I believe, Canary Media. And they were taking a look at the Section 201 petitioner in, in the recent filing with the Federal Trade Commission. Oxen Solar is a small solar panel manufacturer based out of San Jose, California. Mm -hmm. They've been manufacturing modules 
in San Jose for at least five years, if not longer. So the, the first part of the article took a close look at Oxen and was kind of evaluating whether or not they'd be able to, you know, grow substantially even in a tariff landscape that's favorable to U.S. manufacturing. Um, mm -hmm. But the second part of the article, which I found more interesting, was kind of looking at the picture more broadly and trying to understand what are the goal of the tariffs and, and are the goals of the tariffs in line with the impact that they're having, right? And one of the phrases that really stuck with me when I was reading the article was this idea that petitioning for tariffs of this nature is kind of like friendly fire from within the industry that's making it really difficult for, for states to meet their renewable energy portfolio goals and for you know us as a country to continue developing our our renewable energy industry yeah that's very true and i think it's you know it's it's putting everybody in in a bit of a crunch so it'll be interesting to see what happens next and you know everybody's anxious for information on that front yeah yeah and you know for for every you know few weeks that goes by there are hundreds of kilowatts of pv uh, that are not being installed as a result of uh, right. the current circumstance, right? So just some clarity and a little bit more solid ground for the industry to understand what the expectations are and, and how to play within the rules would go a long way towards helping us grow as fast as we possibly can and offset as much, you know, carbon-based energy as we, as we can. Yep. Agreed. Tierney, we have a really exciting guest on today. Why don't you tell us who, who we've got? Yeah, so in just a second, we're going to be speaking with Mark Abrams, who is the VP of Sales for SPAN. This was one of the key highlights that I had from NABCEP, which we're going to debrief later in the episode. But people are really excited about this product. Let's jump over to that interview and learn what he has to say. Mark, thank you so much for joining us uh, at here at Solar Tech Talk. So we're talking with Mark Abrams of Span or Span EO or Span IO. How do we how do we say that, Mark? Just good old Span, and thank you for not making a joke about you know canned meats from Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, what what what's in what's in the name, Mark? Tell us a little bit more about the the Span name. What what does it mean? And well, there's there's two good reasons for the name. One is the very simple obvious and intuitive it's a combination of smart panel so span smart panel so that's i always like that because it's actually very logical and helpful and the other is that when you start a company finding unique interesting easy to say easy to remember four letter name company names is actually harder than one might think so uh this worked on two fronts so we're we're happy to settle on span yeah, yeah, yeah. having flashbacks to my entrepreneurship program that was like one of the hardest parts for sure eluding those trademarks is is really Really, really tough finding something original is, is truly a challenge that's um, great i think you know we think about it also another way beyond the obvious is you know we, we sort of think of it as a span spanning bridging we see ourselves as part of the path forward to do an all electrical future and so i think when we think about the image as well beyond just the, the name and, and, and the explanation it fits kind of our vision and our mission as a company as we look to really electrify everything and bring the world forward into an all electric future so is that it? Is that the mission to bring the world into an electric future? If I'm if I'm oversimplifying, yes, electrify everything is a great way to say it. Uh, awesome. We really believe in renewable energies. We really believe in, in electrification as the way to just really solve climate change uh, and, and attempt to you know save our planet together. And and so we we want to play a, a big role in that. It's a worthy mission. And let's talk about exactly how the Span team is going about doing that. Uh, so. 
your team introduced a, a smart panel very, very early on. I think it was one of the first smart panels available, if not the first smart panel that could be controlled with digital switching. Is that correct? Or Yeah, even today, I haven't really seen any products like it. And, and I always like to step back to the founding of the company and, and why are we here today? And, and our founder, Arch Rao, was at Tesla and he was the head of product for Powerwall. And so he was looking out on the world and he said, wow, over here, I've got smart inverters. Over here, I've got smart batteries, and it's all coming together at this, frankly, dumb 100-year-old technology that hasn't changed or evolved, and, and it's actually bottlenecking and really limiting some of the capabilities of these technologies, not to mention, as we look down the road, we see electric cars coming on the other side of that panel, along with electric appliances and so on. And so for him, this was just a massive hole in the whole uh, effort to electrify. And so he uh, left a great position at Tesla to go go all in and, and bet on reinventing the electric panel. And that that really was the founding of SPAN. And that was very much the vision um, and, and the, the market opportunity and both the ability to solve the problem of, of where that bottleneck and electrification was and really is today. Well, that's smart. And gosh, are we excited that he made that choice so that we can talk to you today about what's happening next. So um, did you want to speak a little bit about the team that you have assembled to kind of tackle this problem? Sure. You know, there's so many reasons I'm excited to be at SPAN today, but but the team that is here is, is a huge part of it. Um, Arch himself, of course, being that visionary and, and very technical, as well as very personable, is, is a great founder to rally around. And, and because of that, he's been able to assemble really a, an excellent team. If you look across, and I'll even start with the founders, the engineering teams that came over, um, some of his colleagues at Tesla, some people from across the industry. We have great people running our hardware, our software, our product. One of our co-founders uh, is our head of product. But then he was also able to pull in people from all around the solar industry, um, you know, from different companies on, on both the residential and, and really the non-solar piece side, you know, people from companies like Tesla or, or like other adjacent industries, I think. And you can sort of see the results of that in our product because Beyond having this smart panel, we have a really great software interface, and it shows a, a particular skill to both understand how to take something that is kind of complicated and sophisticated and put it in a way that is so simple. I often joke that it's mom-friendly, like my mom could figure out how to use our app, and that's uh, no small feat. All of us that use apps all the time, and you can you know the difference from one that's easy and clear and, and one that's complicated. So, you know, you look about at the team, and we're still building it. We've, we've, we've hired some great people even in the last few weeks. Uh, a new head of HR who had, had a great, exciting career, a lot of time in Netflix. You know, uh, our CFO who came on around when I did was head of one of the largest finance companies as CFO. And um, we've really put together across the board uh, an outstanding team. Uh, and so we're very excited uh, about the talent we're, we're uh, bringing on because, as you know, that makes such a difference. You know, we can have a great vision, a great product, but it's going to take the team of people to implement it. And that goes, I think, you know, at the top, but I think it permeates the whole organization. I'm, very, I'm really excited about the people on my team that will be working with, with you all and across the U.S., uh, some great folks, some newer to the industry, some that I've worked with for years. And they just bring that kind of balanced approach of really keeping the customers, you know, in, in front of them and, and what they need first, uh, and also helping them bring Span and launch us into the market. So whether it's the, the executive team, uh, our deep engineering talent, or, or just across the commercial organization, uh, we, we brought in a lot of uh, great folks to work with and, and we're having fun you know, building out this company. Yeah, and we're really excited about being able to offer this product to our customers. It's, you know, in my mind, 
definitely symbolic of where I expect the industry to be going in terms of the value that we generate being in controlling where electrons are going as opposed to just generating electrons and hoping that they can be used on the spot. I think we'll be going from a solar industry to an energy management industry over the next 10 years or so. And it's going to be an exciting transformation to be a part of. Companies like SPAN with ideas like this smart panel are definitely going to be out there leading the pack in terms of implementing real control for electricity consumers in terms of where they're consuming electrons and, and um, how those electrons are being directed and used. It's a great point, Aaron. I think there's so many interesting things that are, are happening and it's part of the things I've loved about our industry, the rapid change and evolution. But if you, if you consider homeowners can now produce their own power with, with solar, of course, they can store their own power and consume it you know, when they want with batteries. They're going to be powering their vehicles and their transportation through electric cars and other devices, bicycles and so on. Um, and that, that now the ability to actually understand when you're producing, how much you're producing, the costs associated in conjunction with the consumption. What is using your power in your house today? Is it the electric water heater? Uh, putting an electric car in the house almost immediately makes that the number one load in the house. Mm -hmm. Of course, yeah, there's other loads in the load. house. Yeah, from, from electric dryers to, to ranges, you know, all of these things. And I think the more consumers understand this, the, the better they're going to be able to take advantage of it and, and adopt to their own lifestyles. And I think, so we see this very much as a consumer-driven uh, a progress and evolution in our industry. They want to understand uh, not just, you know, the ability to produce their own electricity, but how much money they can save or how they can, you know, use it in the most optimal way. And a lot of what we're doing is helping, you know, shed light and, and give them that insight and that knowledge uh, to give them the power to make those decisions about what they're doing, how much more they might want to generate, you know, batteries, how, when to charge their electric car and, and things like that. So all of these things it, it feels like early days, even though in some ways we're, we're well along uh, on this road, but, but there is so much more ahead of us. And, and you can only, we even like to think about, all right, now that we've given people all this, what else are they going to think about to do with it? And there's hmm. so many little ways that, that I think we're going to see this industry continue to evolve. Maybe a span app store on the horizon. <laughs> You know, there's all kinds of neat things coming, um, and I'm sure, and we, frankly, I think our partners uh, are, are going to be bringing a lot of those ideas to us. The homeowners bring ideas to us. Uh, there's all kinds of ways already that people utilize the panel that we hadn't really even considered initially, but, but certainly can provide, you know, either great market opportunities or just fun ways to enhance their appreciation and excitement for the panel. But one thing I point to something we can all relate to that, that has nothing to do with storing or generating power, but it's something we've all felt. If you've ever left your house and you got some ways down the road, usually you're in the airport or perhaps on the plane, and it's all of a sudden, you time. Yourself, <laughs> yes, did I leave the something on, the oven, the iron, the space heater? And there's that <laughs> moment of, of dread, you know, because this, this is literally can be risky to the point of fire and danger. And, and all of a sudden now you can look at your span app and say, oh, look, I actually did leave that on. Wow. Uh-oh, it's pulling 1,500 watts in the kitchen. Great news. I press a button and I turn it off and I'm immediately relaxed. And so I think this kind of peace of mind, you know, side benefit from, from it is a great example of something we never even considered when we designed the product, of course, but people have found something very appealing from, from investing in electrification and having more insight to their home energy and usage and power goes well beyond saving money or, or, or saving the environment. It's little things in their day-to-day -day lives that can really enhance that. I think we'll also continue to help 
pull through more electrification and integration and, and some of the things we're seeing come over the come in the in the coming years. So Mark, this is all really exciting. Can you speak to what was the first iteration of the product? Where are we going? What kind of innovations have you guys developed in the meantime? Sure. A great question because there's been so much to talk about. So we of course came out with our first generation panel. Um, and, and it was a classic first generation product. It had many of the features that made it truly distinct and exciting, the software interface, the ability to run your entire home through this panel. And of course it had some of the things that first generation products have as well. Maybe not quite fully optimized in design sizing uh, and layouts and things like that, but it was a great way to get us into the market, get some experience getting these installed, get experience in the field with the software and the hardware and all the things that you need to really ultimately build a very successful and reliable and durable product. So after, you know, as soon as we launched that, we'd already started thinking about improvements. And after getting a good six months in the field, we, there were some things that were very clear to us. Number one, we need to just kind of compress the form factor. So those of you who saw the first gen, it was taller, it was deeper, a little wider. So fundamentally what we did is we made it to be much more friendly to the installer. So we fit stud to stud in the width. We can, we can be flush or surface mounted, we made it smaller and lighter. This both serves us, of course, a, a bit on the cost reduction side and make it more affordable. And also, frankly, most importantly, to make it more, more installable and easier to work with in the field because... You know, as any electrician will tell you, uh, moving wires around, working in the panel can often be a tight space uh, and anything you can do to make that experience uh, easier and faster, and more reliable is appreciated. And so a lot of the things were done around that. And, and in fact, we did have a significant cost reduction. Our list price came down 30% from Gen 1 to Gen 2 um, based on the savings we were able to, to demonstrate and, and of course made the usability much easier and much more friendly. We've been shipping that panel now over a year. Uh, and it's the, you know, the panel we're, we're shipping in volume now, and that's what we'll be offering through this year is what we considered our Gen 2 um, or, or the SPAN panel that's available in the market today. From there, we, we've always had a vision. If you looked at the back of the founding of the company, you know, coming from Tesla, this won't be a big surprise uh, that electric car charging was going to be a huge opportunity. And I think, you know, most people believed it and, and thought it was coming. But I think the last couple of years and maybe even the last four to six months have been a huge uh, rethinking of how important electric cars are. And there's a variety of reasons for that. We're seeing so many manufacturers come to market with, with mainstream reliable. I mean, Tesla's of course the leader and they've covered so much and, and, and paved the trail for so many. Um, but you're seeing cars like you know the VW ID4, the Mustang Mach-E, lower cost versions, uh, Hyundai you know, releasing a really sleek looking car. There's, there's so many cars coming to market now. Mm -hmm. From the super premium Porsches to the, you know, the, the VWs. Yeah. Yeah, that, that you're seeing the consumer choice go way up. So that's really positive. This happened to be uh, coupled with, in particular, you know, a major price in gas prices or major hike in gas prices. And so that's shown the value prop of the electric car some way to, to, to really rise. And I think people always understood that. But the thought that, in fact, maybe less to own and operate an electric car than a gas one um, is, has been a big reason for this. And the third thing I always like to mention as my brother-in-law pointed out to me, who is who's actually a, a medical lawyer, um, his take on why electric cars are so big uh, is very simple. Uh, it, it's not because necessarily the, the car makers are trying to save the planet. I'm sure they're, they're, they're trying to do some good things, but I think it's because the consumers want them. If, once you've driven an electric car, it's such a great experience. 
Uh, it's such a pleasant ride and it's a lower cost, frankly, of ownership. It's pretty much tires and brakes for most of the life of the car. The consumers are demanding it. And so you put all these things together. Seemed obvious to all of us um, who've been deep in electric cars, but probably not to most in the market. So our next big thing that we're, we're coming out with um, is an electric car charger. And we're, we're very excited. We're, we're going to power with every electric car charger out there today. You can plug them into the span panel and do some really neat things with that. Um, and we're excited just to, to be part of that. So this will be an additional option for folks. Um, but because it's part of ours, you get a few really nice benefits that, that you'll see. And we'll, we'll, of course, be talking a lot about this and hyping it out uh, here in a month or two as we get ready to launch. But to give you some highlights, you know, first of all, it looks really nice. I mean, I know that sounds silly, but but the aesthetic is great and it fits right next to our panel. Uh, and people care about these things. It looks more like a, an appliance than this thing that you kind of have to deal with. But beyond that, it's fully integrated into the app. And that, of course, brings a lot of nice integration. You can really, again, now see your power consumption, your flow and understand and do some controls around that. And I think the thing that we can do that perhaps is the most meaningful over time as the world electrifies, as you put one and maybe two electric cars in your garage, as you perhaps switch from a gas water heater or range to electric, what that is actually doing is starting to fill up your load panel. And that's actually a real practical problem for the electrification and the EV industry. And what I mean by that is it, today with a level two plus charger, you can actually run 60 amps to the car or 48 amps into the car. So landed on a 60 amp breaker. Most homes cannot accommodate two 60 amp breakers added to them. And so if you look down the road, we see a lot of people already have two electric cars and you can easily envision many more uh, in the coming years. They're gonna have a challenge as to uh, do they can they charge both cars at once? Are they going to have to limit the throughput? You know, how are they going to do this without incurring a major service upgrade, having perhaps to go to 400 amps, which can cost, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of dollars, depending on your, your situation with your, your utility. With SPAN, because now we can see all of the electricity of the house, it's really amazing because we can actually look at the load on the panel. And if it's, you know, two in the morning, you've got both cars plugged in and both want 48 amps, great, not a problem. Nothing's on. We can feed them all the all the juice they want. If it's a Saturday afternoon and you've got you've got a party going and all the lights are on, the air conditioning's on, and and you know everything's running in the house, the ovens and and every possible electrical pulling device, we will actually see that and we will ratchet the power on those cars down, um, so they can still charge, but they won't exceed the safety ratings of the panel. And this is all standardized now in the modern you know PCS standards, uh, the ability to do this kind of control. And I think that's that's a great opportunity to both enable the electric car industry, which we're all so excited about, and for Span, of course, to offer a very nice adjacent product. And, and of course, we'll work with any electric car charger, uh, and we can actually do some level of this 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 shutdown and protection functionality. But the graceful way we can do it will be special with ours. That's great. So I'm hearing that there's going to be a whole family of products, starting with the electric vehicles. And I especially like that there are additional integrations with other existing components out there because um, you know a lot of the these the homeowners who have already engaged in the space they already have a solution that works for them and they want to up their game they want to be more responsible more interactive with their electrical consumption and then that can you know just like work really beautifully with your panel so that sounds really great can we take a step back because i think the burning question that i have that maybe everybody else does is where are we going to be able to get this and when? 
So I'm super pumped and really excited uh, to be here today with you, of course, because we now have made our agreement together here with Baywa, and I'm really excited about Baywa. I've known many of you for my 10 years here in the industry. I, I'm excited about the value you bring to the industry, and I think we'll, we'll be great partners and very complimentary of each other. And specifically, you can, of course, if you're watching this, contact your local Baywa sales representative be able to get price and delivery uh, through Baywag. Yeah, and very quickly, we'll also have Span available through our web store. Uh, there's also a special partnership that you have with one of our, our special partners as well. Do you mind telling us a little bit more about the, the Amicus relationship? Yeah, you bet. Uh, you know, we're, we're very excited about Amicus as well. When, when I think about Amicus, I, I think of it as, as a group of companies that are very serious professionals, very consultative and their approach and how they try to solve the, you know, what their what their customers are looking for, whether it's, you know, philosophically to be greener and, and, and preserve, whether it's to save money, to have battery backup. My experience with, with many of the Amicus members over the years has been uh, that it that is a very, you know, caring group of, of folks. And and I think when you think about a product like Span, especially here in our early earlier days, having that kind of consultative salesperson and deeply knowledgeable uh, a partner to, to offer you uh, solar storage, whatever you're looking to do on your house uh, is a great opportunity. And, and they just, it was a great fit. So as soon as I joined Span, one of my priorities was to connect with the Amicus team um, and get the opportunity to be included in, in their network, um, which we are today. And, and of course, you know, there's a long relationship with Baywa there as well. And so we saw this just as very synergistic with both the vision and, and mission for Span, as well as from a commercial standpoint, uh, obviously a nice opportunity for our companies to work together to, to bring Span and our solutions to market uh, through very well-proven, well-established channels. So I'm excited about the Amicus, the group, uh, and, and all of their members and look forward to doing, we're already doing some business with some of them even before I got here, but hopefully this continues to take it up to the next level. Yeah, we, we hope so too. And, and we're really excited about being able to partner with both Span and Amicus to be able to help provide that solution more broadly. In addition to Amicus, I would just like to say in general, working with Baywa is a great match for anyone watching or listening to this podcast. Um, please reach out to your Baywa rep. They can bring in my sales team uh, and we are more than happy to, to partner together to train you on SPAN, to help your operations teams get trained on SPAN. It's not just selling it. We want to make sure you have a great install experience. We have, a, we have an outstanding online LMS for, for the folks in the field. And we have a whole support infrastructure uh, of sales tools um, that can help you sell SPAN. We have some great videos you can see up on our website and, and a lot more coming this, this spring and summer from really interesting people. And so I think, you know, from the opportunity of anyone listening, uh, if you have any questions about SPAN, please do reach out to your Baywa rep and they will be more than happy to, to get us involved and bring in our regional sales managers as, as well if, if we can assist further and look forward to have the opportunity to work with, you know, all of you listening and, and of course the whole Baywa team. Mark, this panel is is going to be a fantastic tool for anybody who's doing a solar installation, but it's it's a, it's a great idea for other folks as well. Can you tell us a little bit about the the target customers, both in terms of um, who should be installing the product and in terms of who should be buying it as an owner? Sure, it's a great question, and I do love talking about this because it, it is. 
Of course, we at SPAN would like to see every home get one. But in the realities, this is this is a, you know, it does cost more than a standard panel. And so there needs to be some some reasoning and value to, for the customer to justify spending a little bit extra money to get a smart panel in their home. So I'll, I'll answer this two ways. First, within the, the solar and storage industry that we're all a part of, and then I'll even go broader as to kind of the rest of the market. So within solar plus storage, we really see three places that it's great to offer a span panel. And and I'm a huge believer in offering it up front. I want to make this pitch to any salespeople or owners of your business listening to this. I think it's important to lead and show the customer the option. You can always step back and say, you know, if it's not right for them, if, they, if their budgets are tight, that you know, or they don't see the value, that's fine. But in particular, we pair really well with storage. So Tesla batteries, Solar Edge with their batteries, uh, we pair great with today. We hope to have more in the future, but in particular, Solar Edge with theirs and the LG batteries are available, and it changes the entire storage conversation. And you can see this from our website on the, and on the app, and of course, our sales teams can show you all the details. But it 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 delivers true whole home backup optimized, where you can stretch your battery life and make choices about what do you want to back up at a given moment in time. Do you want the air conditioning on or off? Do you want to charge your electric car or not? You know, do you want to stretch it out because it's going to be a multi-day outage? Or do you just want to let it rip because it should be back on in a few hours? And so that's a very clear value prop that everyone understands uh, after they see the SPAN app in action, even just after a minute or two. The other place we fit extremely well is anyone who's doing a main panel upgrade. And it does vary because there are different kinds of panels out there combined or separate. But at the moment, you have to take apart the entire panel to put a new panel in. Uh, the incremental labor to add span um, can be can be none um, to a bit more depending on the, the meter combination setup at a given location around the country. But it's an obvious moment of, of time where you say, well, hey, we're doing this panel upgrade for a few thousand dollars more. We can give you the smart panel. Are you interested? And some homeowners are going to see it and go, absolutely. I want to invest now and I'll be ready for the future. And some you know, may or may not. And once again, I think you show value by offering it. The third place I have to mention is any, you know, we have a huge customer base of techies or people who just want the latest and greatest cool gadgets and are happy to pay for it. And they don't have any specific app that, you know, they're, they're not, they, they weren't doing a panel upgrade. They just want the span panel or they don't have a battery yet, but they might get one someday, but they just want the span panel. So don't shy away from those kinds of uh, customer prospects. They'll thank you for it. They get really excited about the panel. And they're some of our, our most vocal advocates uh, out in the online social media world. So Definitely recommend any of those opportunities as great places to offer SPAN. When you step outside our world of solar and storage, where you're already engaged with the homeowner, um, we're doing very well in other verticals as well. You can imagine new home construction as a natural fit. If you're starting out, everything's opened up, that's the time to install a smart panel. And a lot of builders are starting to see that as a way to add value to their house. It's a feature. When you look at our panel on the wall, it's an appliance. It's a beautiful you know, piece of equipment as opposed to that sort of gray, dingy panel uh, stuck in the corner. And so it's a real asset to the home. And, and so, you know, again, I think we're seeing a lot of interest from the builders. We won a bunch of awards at IBS uh, just a couple months ago in, in February in Orlando uh, because of the, the nature of the product and what it can do for new homes. Really, in any electrical contractor, people have to upgrade their panels, not just because of, of solar, but if kitchen remodels. Um, with COVID, there's been a tremendous amount of remodeling going on the last few years. You know, people putting in all kinds of additional electric appliances, and that drives that panel upgrade. And that's the moment, again, if you're already taking everything apart to off put that smart panel in and get a lot more out of that main panel upgrade cost that's being incurred regardless. 
So we're doing well with the electrical contractor segments as well. And so you're seeing us being used in all kinds of neat applications. And I think as we launch our EV charger and more and more cars get out there, I think you'll see a natural pull from electric cars because of the ability to fit more onto that panel uh, without having to do a service upgrade. Uh, and, and so I think those are going to be some nice opportunities for SPAN as well. You, you did briefly mention um, EMS and kind of the, the functionality that those new, I guess they are, um, segments in the National Electric Code allow manufacturers to pursue. Can you maybe speak a little bit more briefly about what is EMS and how does SPAN fall in line with that? Sure, although you're, you're going to quickly get me into the danger zone of, of talking about code. You know, I'm, I, I'm in sales now. I was a product person before, and I used to be able to give you, you know, electrical code references. I believe it's fair. actually PCS, the power control systems function. Oh, thank you for the correction. So the power control systems do allow you to potentially oversubscribe a given panel as long as your software is verified to be able to control what's happening and to ensure that it doesn't exceed the safety limits of the panels. And that some of this has been in the code for a while. I think 2017 was the first listing that, that I'm aware of. Um, and it's evolving to take more and more advantage of that. And it's not just SPAN doing this. You'll see this in batteries. Um, you know, Tesla's batteries have similar solutions allowing them to optimize as well. And I think it's a big part of the code that's gonna help the, con the country really electrify. We, we didn't come up with this, we didn't invent it, um, but it is something that, that does allow a lot of flexibility. Um, and potentially save a lot of money. And it's good for the utilities and the homeowners. Uh, so it's, it's in there. that's why it's in the codes. To go farther than that, I think we'll need to bring in my experts. But I think the, the key part is this ability to oversubscribe a panel to control the loads and that what that opens up for both homeowners um, and, their, and their contractors trying to figure out how to solve for some of these challenges as people put more and more electrical devices in their homes. So basically it would allow you to exceed the 120% rule on, in cases where the software has been approved to control loads. Sounds correct. Like. Yeah, and I, you know, one case I mentioned, not only does it allow you to see the, you know, exceed at least on the panel breaker rating, the 120% rule, we can actually go into homes that have hundred or 125 amps uh, and allow them to then connect a 40 or even a 50 or 60 amp breaker to their car if we front end it and avoid that service upgrade again, because we can again look at the loads in the house and know how much we can give the car versus what the rest of the house is doing. And so this technology is going to be beneficial uh, for a lot of homeowners if they want to add electrical cars or anything else related. And really, you know, for all their contractors, the utilities want these upgrades, but they're not always able to turn them quickly. Sometimes it can ripple upstream and have very high costs for service upgrades, transformers, and so on. So it can really benefit everybody if we can leverage the infrastructure that's in place to its best ability before forcing these much more expensive upgrades. Yeah, that's a super exciting application that folks in California have to deal with, I think, quite a bit more than maybe the rest of the country, but I'm sure there are parts where it, it uh, applies as well. We see it all over. Anywhere the homes are a certain age, 30 yeah, that's fair. years or older, Northeast, Central, you know, even in, even in newer, you know, more recently built out states, Florida and Texas have plenty that we, that were, you know, maybe built with a different set of requirements and need uh, needs and vision. Hmm. So um, this ability can be really helpful. Even a 200 amp home, maybe it's got two air conditioners. They got an electric car. Now, second electric car that hits the tipping point. And so do you want to go to a 400 amp service? That's a major upgrade. Do you want to only charge one car at a time? Maybe that's okay with you, or do you want to invest perhaps in, in a panel like ours? It's going to allow you to have it all seamlessly without having to think about it. And that's, I think, some of the benefit we bring. 
Well, Mark, I think I'm sold. I need an electrical upgrade. You know, I'm, I'm working on getting that EV. So I, I need one of these and, you know, I, I volunteer as tribute. So Mark Abrams with SPAN, thank you so much for joining us. We've really enjoyed chatting with you and uh, we'll see you around. Tierney, Aaron, thank you so much for having me. You know, I'm really excited about the opportunity to work, work much more closely with you all and, and Baywa. And uh, thanks after you talk about SPAN. It's my favorite thing to do these days. So anyway, I appreciate you all. Wow, it was so great to catch up with Mark from SPAN. I, I really, really love what they're doing as a company. I'm, I'm so excited about their vision and the, the product is top notch. It's, it's been very exciting to get the ball rolling with them as a manufacturing partner for Baywa. Definitely. So we also both attended NAPSEP's 2022 educational conference recently in Phoenix, Arizona. I definitely want to catch up with you and get your reflections about NAPSEP. But before we do, we were able to catch up with Catherine Von Berg from Simplify Power and get some of her reflections from NAPSEP. So let's go to her now. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for joining us today. We're here to get your thoughts and feedback about NAPSEP. Wanted to touch base with you and hear your, your main three takeaways. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for inviting me to talk about NABSEP. I have to admit that going uh, this year was the first time I was able to go. Typically, I feel like everybody at NABSEP would get more value from our application engineers, project designers, and uh, because Troy Daniels with our IQ training program had surgery and couldn't attend, I thought, well, it was a great time and an excuse for me to go. So that in itself, I just really enjoyed being there with NABSEP, really above and beyond conferences that have exhibitions, in part because NABSEP was really about exchanging of ideas and all the training opportunities, of course, for NABSEP credits. But what I found is that even competitors, <laughs> that in that kind of environment, we're more open to sharing ideas, technical specifications, challenges in the market. And so it really became apparent to me that being at NABSEP wasn't so much about a competitive stance and gaining market share. It was really about uh, coming together to elevate the entire industry. And in order to do that, you really do have to share ideas, best practices, challenges, so people are much more open about what their company is facing, uh, technologies that, that are creating challenges, the industry as a whole, codes and compliance. So that was really a great experience for me to be there the first time and feel that open exchange. And again, competitors kind of dropping their guard and really being in service of the entire industry and elevating everybody's knowledge base. Another takeaway for me was the keynote speaker and to talk about the history of NABSEP and what NABSEP specifically has contributed. And that was really to create a standard of excellence and to provide the training and educational materials and process by which people could achieve that standard of excellence who are entering the industry, but then also maintaining that over time. And I didn't really know that, the history of NABSEP. And I think the phrase, the Wild West at one point early <laughs> in the industry, <laughs> and to really try and shore up all the passion and drive and translate that into 
this excellence when it comes to interoperability, installers really uh, having the tools and uh, knowledge that they need to excel. So that was really great. I really like what you said there about the Wild West. I know you were you were pulling that out of the original speech. My years in the industry, it has I've I've really seen a lot. You know, like I've worn a lot of hats. I've seen a lot of different people enter the space and kind of make it their own. And there has definitely been a Wild West feel across the different disciplines that I've been involved in. But it's really wonderful to have a paragon institution like this that is willing to kind of say these are the this is the the bottom line for excellence and this is how we can all achieve that and create a really wonderful feeling around our organization not only within that that camaraderie that we get by being you know solar installers and distributors and um all in the same room but the additional pieces that we get just from yeah, from being in the same space, you you gain a lot, and then just like that, that education and and like raising the bar and helping everybody like achieve a certain amount of excellence, so that our industry is really seen from the outside as holding a lot of value. Right, and and really presenting a kind of a unified force, if you will, you know, above and beyond again the competition. I found young and old coming together, which again you don't necessarily, or I haven't experienced in traditional trade shows and exhibitions. And NABSEP, there's such a history of the industry and NABSEP really tapping into that and meeting people who really were the pioneers from the start and have driven the industry and how they even became engaged in NABSEP to create this robust dynamic resource for all the technology. And geez, the fact that uh, technology in this industry is always evolving at such a rapid pace, there's so much to learn and keep up on. I'm always impressed with how much knowledge installers and project developers have to uh, really retain and continue to be uh, up to date on. Yeah, and it's it's been really interesting to see the NABSEP programming kind of spread out to accommodate different aspects of the solar sales process. Mm -hmm. You know, it started out as a um, certification program for installers primarily, but there are now new certification classes for solar sales and energy storage. So the event is definitely growing with the industry and it's really exciting to, to see how broad the event is becoming. So Catherine, in your role as founder and CEO of Simplify, you were invited to speak at the Women and Minorities Breakfast, which I was privileged enough to attend. And I was really impressed by your commitment to bringing in diversity, equity, and inclusion and triple bottom line ideas into your organization and staying true to those throughout the growth of your organization. Can you speak to that really briefly, just so our, our listeners have a chance to, to hear your thoughts on that? As a startup company founding in 2010, technology was at the center of what we were trying to achieve, looking at energy storage as a way to solve a lot of problems, just sheer access, really to support the transition to a cleaner, more renewable portfolio of generation sources, creating energy security 
equity, resilience. And that was in 2010. And all these issues are still very relevant today. So energy storage has a big role to play across applications, but also when you think about issues around diversity, social equity. So that was at the heart of our company too, the technology, but what it was really uh, going to promise in making an impact on the world. As a startup, it's unusual, I think, to be so mission-based. Hunter Lovins, who was on our board, who helped found and run the Rocky Mountain Institute for years uh, with Amory, and then headed up natural capitalism. But she has pointed out that it shouldn't be called the triple bottom line, but an integrated bottom line. The reason for that is if you think about a triple bottom line, people, planet, profit, if, if it's not integrated, when a company hits hard times, which every startup and every large company and everything in between hits, and certainly if we think about these last few years since COVID and now supply chain shortages and rising costs and inflation and so many challenges, and if it's not integrated, people, planet, profit, in hard times, companies very often make choices and profit always wins out. For us as a company being mission-based, that integrated bottom line became kind of our guidepost and I myself, myself felt the temptation when prices were rising, uh, sales were down, or all sorts of issues that come up, new regulations in the industry, and suddenly we have to go back and work on different elements that are built into energy storage, our batteries themselves, our integrated systems. There is always a temptation to forego the people and the planet piece. And for example, in a very real way in the energy storage industry, when we founded choosing lithium ferrophosphate and eliminating cobalt, so we weren't going to use the more traditional uh, legacy lithium ion chemistry like NMC or NCA or LCO, all of which have cobalt. And cobalt is behind thermal runaway, thermal runaway with fires, explosions. And there was yet another announcement with another large megawatt hour system in Arizona just last week. So we decided we were going to stick with a cleaner supply chain, a chemistry that fundamentally was not hazardous and wouldn't put people at risk, either from extraction to recycling at end of life, that whole cradle to cradle principle. But it was a tough choice because the cobalt-based chemistries were cheaper, a lot cheaper in 2010 when we founded, and they still have a cost advantage in 2022. And so if we are constantly being compared to companies that use cobalt lithium chemistry and customers always that we all have to watch our budgets and need to make ends meet, if we are constantly being challenged on our price point because it's a little higher, it would be very easy. If we didn't care about people or planet, if that wasn't integrated into our business model we could have easily stepped away and said, you know what, we need to increase our margins and uh, increase our sales. And so we're going to switch to a chemistry because that's our number one goal. So hopefully that illustrates how the integrated bottom line, people, planet, profit really forced us to align when critical decisions came up and that especially during tough times.
Thank you so much for um, speaking to how that that integrated bottom line really speaks back to those critical decisions, because I think a lot of our installers and uh, vendors and people that we're working with right now, they're in crunch times, right? They're making critical decisions as as we all are in at this time, it's it's helpful to have a framework, like you're saying, to be able to say these are our core values and speaking back to that to to kind of shine light on on where where your path goes from there. So I have one last question for you, Catherine. What did Simplify get out of the conference? What did your organization get out of it? Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, when we were asked to host the breakfast for diversity, inclusion, and women in the industry, that was just a lot of fun to be able to host that breakfast and to see everybody in the room and to talk about, I think, issues that aren't necessarily always easy to talk about, aren't always spoken to, and to set that intention with a group of people. I, I found it really rewarding to be able to talk about how those issues were impacting our company as we grew through the years, to be able to tell the story. And then the questions in the room from people were really great. So I really enjoyed that. The Veterans Breakfast um, that we hosted, uh, the company in the early years, it was a surprise to me because uh, I was looking at energy independence and increasing renewable and access all over the world, but I never imagined we would begin to work with the military. And we came to know, I came to know personally, some of the challenges on forward operating bases, first and foremost in Afghanistan and Iraq. And, you know, really quickly it was landed, the gallon of fuel could cost 600 to $800. And there were more lives being lost because of protecting fuel convoys. So what could we do about that? And early we began to just develop systems, energy storage systems that would optimize diesel generators to offset. So batteries that could rapidly be charged and discharged in under an hour. And so generators could be turned on to charge batteries and shut off. And then mobile systems that allowed men and women to go out on reconnaissance and missions without a bullseye on their back because of emissions, noise, uh, all the rest of it. So that the Department of Defense and the men and women we worked with in the Marine Corps and the U.S. Army in the early days of the company really gave us an opportunity through placing purchase orders, sending our equipment to the Aberdeen Proving Ground, some of the toughest tests uh, beyond the nationally recognized test laboratories, the NRTLs like UL. To be tested at Aberdeen Proving Grounds really helped us to validate our solutions in terms of the safety, the broad operating temperature, rapidly charging and discharging without batteries failing. I mean, these were mission critical applications. Then seeing our batteries sent overseas, meeting some of the men and women over the years, that was really meaningful to me. The breakfast at NABSAP was the first time I felt like I was going to have the opportunity to say thank you for your service. I mean, we were providing technology to save lives, to save money, but people in the service are giving their lives. That, that was a really special opportunity to kind of tell a little bit of our story. Thank you, not just for the early days of the company, but their service. And they're just amazing people.
Well, thank you, Catherine. It's been wonderful to connect with you and learn a little bit more about your organization. Aaron, when do we get Simplify batteries on our line card? <laughs> They're coming soon. <laughs> cool. <laughs> well, Catherine, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate your time and we're excited to see uh, Simplify coming to more homes and businesses soon. Well, oh, thank you. And thanks for elevating the NABSAP platform and what it does for the industry and BEWA as well, uh, everything that you do in the industry. So Tierney, tell me, what, what were some of your key highlights? What were some of the things that you took away from or got really excited about while you were there? Yeah, I was really excited because this was our, my first time actually attending NABSEP. I've heard about it for a really long time, having been in the industry for like 12 years or something, but this was my first time attending and it was really great. Not only do they have excellent educational opportunities and great networking um, opportunities, but you know, you have the chance to connect with vendors, look at product, get your hands on it and and really be able to kind of interact with it in a new way versus, you know, listening to a webinar or jumping on an online training. So it was really fun to be able to it was a privilege to be able to be in person and 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 be able to be there. Yeah, it's definitely my favorite show. And and this one actually is is very, very soon after the, the, the last one, which was much delayed due to COVID, happened in late 2021 as a result of COVID delays and things of that nature. So it was it was great to be able to get together with so many folks from the industry so quickly. It's like we're making <laughs> up for lost time, which is wonderful. Yeah. And some of the, the big takeaways that I had, one of them was the, the number of devices that are acting on the DC side of the equation for home energy systems is increasing. And that's that's a really interesting concept to me, right? So now you have PV modules and inverters on the DC side operating, you know, to create power for homes all over the country. Soon you'll be adding to that mix batteries and EV chargers. The growing number of items that are um, operating in this DC energy ecosystem is, is going to create increased efficiencies on that side of, of things. And, and having more systems, more, more components operating on a DC bus will allow increased efficiency and will help homeowners make the most out of every watt of power that they're producing with their PV modules, which is a really exciting concept, right? Aaron, one of the things that I was really excited about this year, being a salesperson, being somebody who's a little bit less technical than you, even though thanks for allowing me to be your co-host on the Solar Tech Talk show. Um, one of the things that I was really excited about is that NABSEP is really expanding its learning opportunities that they're offering through uh, their learning management system, right, their LMS. So we actually had the opportunity to share some of the key takeaways that we've learned, both from a resiliency of supply chain standpoint, which, as we've discussed already today, is top of mind for a lot of installers, and also for a key growth scenario. So um, we had two different sessions, which I found to be really, really compelling. And we had a lot of really great interaction with installers there. People were sharing the things that they found were helping them grow and providing a little bit of, you know, camaraderie. Everybody's trying to get their foot into this industry. They're trying to make their mark. And it was really awesome to to see that 
that community kind of more broadly than than we maybe normally do. Yeah, I got so much feedback about those sessions and I'd encourage everybody who's listening to if if you have the opportunity and the access and didn't get to attend those sessions in person to go into the NAPSEP LMS, check them out. There was lots of great information in there. I will be doing the same thing myself because I was I was in other more technical courses. <laughs> um, I did hear from at least four or five other attendees how much they enjoyed the those sessions and how much they learned from them. So we can pat ourselves on the back a little bit for that as a as a as a team more broadly. <laughs> so what about you, Aaron? Was there another key takeaway that you had? Yeah, you know, there there are going to be more options when it comes to certain certain types of products, right? Many folks probably know Generac recently acquired Chilicon. And with that acquisition, they got a lot of IP, a lot of great technology that they're investing in right now and going to be releasing as their own microinverter solution. So that's very exciting. Mm -hmm. um, and then there was a new microinverter product that I saw from a company called Solark. And previously were primarily focused on larger scale kind of hybrid inverter solutions uh, that address mostly energy storage and energy storage management. So now they're going to be adding a, a microinverter solution to their suite of products. And that looks like it will be an interesting option as well. Well, I have to say, I had a whole heck of a lot of fun at NABSEP and Aaron, it was the first time that I got to meet you in person, as well as the majority of the, our, my other team members there. So I just count myself super lucky that I was able to attend. Yeah, me too. It was so wonderful to meet you and everybody else that I haven't met in person and uh, to get to see so many of our friends from the industry um, so soon after NABSEP from late last year was, was really a treat as well. All right, well, that sounds like a great place to leave it. Aaron, thanks so much for chatting with me. Love nerding out with you. You're the best. Absolutely. Yeah, so much fun. Great to see you. All right, till next time. Mm -hmm.